I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So I need to tell you that the last two times that, or the first two times that I preached at All Saints, we had these same lessons and I preached on divorce. So this time I decided not to. And the first thing I did was to Google Jesus and children. And I suspect you can imagine what I found were multiple pictures of, you know, Jesus with his long hair, sitting surrounded by a bunch of children, maybe one of them on his lap. I even found one that looked like Jesus was coloring with the little girl. And then you probably also have heard or know the hymn, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. That was one that I grew up on. So I love children too. But today's gospel is not about that sweet and sentimental picture. Children in Jesus' day were at the bottom of the social ladder. They had no rights. They belonged to their fathers. And the father could do whatever he wanted. Children were important for the work that they could do. And if a child couldn't work, say for because of birth defects or something, they could be abandoned. If the father got into financial difficulties, he could sell his children into servitude or slavery. And he could marry off his daughters, often around the age of 10, to whomever he chose. Children had no rights and no status. They were powerless. Powerless to do what they wanted, powerless to determine what was best for them. And even though they might be greatly loved, they were powerless and worthless in adult society. Now, the disciples were adult men. We know that Peter had a wife, so some of them may well have been fathers. And they were in serious conversation with Jesus about the law and about divorce. Adult stuff. Then someone brought some children to be touched and blessed by Jesus. And with apologies to you in the back, what I think about is how we might feel on an airplane if a baby in the back row starts to cry. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. You can, you can feel it, can't you? It's annoying. It's a distraction. I've even heard people say that babies shouldn't be allowed to fly. Well, the disciples did not want children interrupting their conversation. Go away. Well, when Jesus heard them, he was indignant. Now, I also looked up the word indignant, and it means to be angry about an action or a situation that is unjust. So stop, he said. Let them come to me. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Such as these. They had no power or position. They weren't religious or righteous or even deserving because of who they were or what they had done. They couldn't have earned the kingdom of God. And Jesus said it belongs to such as them, to the powerless, like the homeless, the poor, the refugee, the slave, the mentally ill, 
the handicapped, the immigrant, or the addict. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And pardon the cliche, but what would Jesus do? He showed us. He welcomed them, he loved them, and he blessed them. So the first question that comes out of today's gospel for me is, what will we do about the powerless in our world? But there's more. There's more to the gospel than just that part. Jesus says, truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. Now that is not a commercial for infant baptism. We just decided that children were powerless. But I don't feel powerless. Do you? In fact, I tried to think of a time when I felt powerless in the same sense as the children of Jesus' day, and I couldn't. My life has been privileged. I make my own decisions. I have rights. And if my rights are infringed upon, I have recourse. So what then does Jesus mean? I believe he's talking about the kind of powerlessness that is the first of the 12 steps of AA. That is to realize that there are things in our lives, and it doesn't have to be alcohol, things in our lives over which we have no control, things that we can't give up, even though they may be hurting our bodies, our spirits, or our relationships. So the first part of receiving the kingdom of God as a little child is to figure out that we are not in charge. We can't do it all. We can't run it all. We can't control it all. And then be willing to let it all go. And that leads to the second step of AA. To believe that a power greater than ourselves could guide us, save us, and restore us. As Christians, we must believe that God is in control of the universe and we are not. Biblical scholar Fame Perkins says, the saying to receive the kingdom of God like a child must therefore refer to the radical dependence of the child on the father for any status, inheritance, or in families where children might be abandoned for life itself. It warns the disciples that they are radically dependent on God's grace. They cannot set the conditions for entering the kingdom. It's tough for those of us who see the world through the lens of our own independence and autonomy. Acknowledging our radical dependence on God's grace is, however, a sign of strength and health. Learning to let go brings a faith that the universe is in God's hands and we can relax. It means that we are not alone. Whatever may be going on in our lives, God is with us. It makes sense of what Jesus said repeatedly, do not be afraid. It means that we can live lives of positivity and gratitude because we see the evidence of God at work all around us and we don't have to be responsible for it. St. Paul said it this way, I appeal to you therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, 
to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And then later in Philippians, he says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.